I know most of you. There's a few people that I don't know right now. So I, uh, for those of you that I don't know, introduce yourself to me after the uh, class. And everybody that I do know, most of you I've probably greeted already. Uh, great to be back and, and see everybody. Uh, again, my name is uh, Ryan Habada. I've ministered with, with Bob and Eric uh, uh, previously, and uh, Andy is also a partner in ministry. And uh, today I was invited to come and uh, do somewhat of an overview of uh, the tour that we take of the land of Israel. So we're going to try to compress uh, a, a tour of Israel into the next 55 minutes to an hour. We won't be able to accomplish it, but uh, hopefully it will give you a taste of the land. Uh, um, two things that I wanted to mention before we get going uh, is, uh, one is uh, out on the table out there we have some, some just real basic literature uh, one is in regards to the, the ministry that, uh, that Andy and I are part of called the Mount Moriah Foundation. And that is a ministry dedicated to uh, bringing, bringing the gospel to the land of Israel, bringing people to the land of Israel, uh, to be able to not only minister over there, but to bring people over there to experience uh, the, the glories of seeing uh, the, the land, the geography, the culture of, uh, of where our faith uh, was born out of, and it is uh, truly unlike anything. Uh, I do, we, do, uh, we do have a trip coming up in February, so uh, an- another reason why I'm here is if anybody's interested in going to Israel, uh, we're taking a trip in February. Uh, you can talk to me a- after this. There's a, uh, if, you, if you're interested in, in even signing up, we will have sign-up sheets out there. Uh, so um, that's, uh, you'll get a taste of what we do over there, what we see uh, this, uh, this morning. Uh, secondly, um, uh, I think uh, Andy uh, has probably advertised this a bit here, but uh, we produced a movie over the last uh, year and a half. It's called Jerusalem's King, and a lot of it has to do with um, in the land of Israel. It was actually filmed on location in Israel. And it really is the story of salvation history, starting in really the garden and bringing us to New Jerusalem with the land of Israel as the backdrop, really telling the story of salvation history. Uh, we are having a screening, a free screening, uh, just up the road here in, um, in Minnetonka uh, this coming Wednesday. So there are cards there. If you are going to want to attend, just let me know. I need to just make sure that we don't go over capacity because it's in a little bit smaller of a, uh, of a, of a room, maybe just a little bit smaller than this room. But it's going to be one where uh, it's, it, we've got a big 60-inch TV with a good theater uh, sound. So it'll be a theatrical uh, experience. So I, um, I would encourage anybody that wants, wants to even see more of Israel, it's free. Uh, Wednesday night, you can come by with us. Uh, anything else you want to add before we start the... Uh, Nothing I can think of right at the top. Okay. Top, but. Uh, before we start, let's, uh, let's go before our Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we can spend together as we fix our eyes on your Son. And we know, Lord, that as we look at the land of Israel and as we look at your city, uh, this is your city. This is your son's city. It is where he will dwell. It is where he will set his feet and reign forever. And also, Lord, uh, the coming city of Jerusalem is our city. We read in the book of Revelation that you have promised this to those that endure. And, Lord, we thank you for just the privilege of being able to gather together and marvel at the common salvation that we have secure on the cross 2,000 years ago. And also look forward in this great expectation to the coming days when our Lord returns, gathers us all together, and ushers us in 
to the eternal city. May our discussions today be fruitful. Uh, May we be stirred with great expectation as we look forward to the return of our crowned and conquering King Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Okay, um, I think pretty much the way we're going to do this today is uh, I'll leave a little bit of time at the end, but feel free to raise your hand, ask questions throughout the whole uh, presentation. as, the, the slideshow, they asked me for slides. It was, our, our slideshow is about 50 slides of pictures. So we weren't going to be able to print that off for you, and I don't think it would have been very fruitful. So we, what we do is have here, if you want to take notes, just three general slides. Uh, basically what we have there is three slides. Uh, one of the Galilee, which is to the north. We'll have a map up here to look at it. Uh, the other is the Negev, which is to the south, and then Jerusalem, which is nestled in the center of the Promised Land. Uh, Just a little bit of backdrop, Um, back in 2009, uh, I was uh, approached uh, uh, for both me and my wife uh, to uh, whether we were interested to go to Israel, and uh, there was an anonymous uh, donor, I still don't know who this this was, uh, that said, uh, we want to pay for your way. And uh, I did have a desire to go to Israel, but it wasn't a burning desire at that point. It was, at this point, it was kind of, how can I pass this up? How can I, how can I not do this? So we seized the opportunity, and uh, spending that two weeks there was, uh, was probably one of the most uh, powerful uh, experiences of my life. It was, uh, I think the best word to use is, is life-altering, or words to use, hyphenated word, <laughs> life-altering. It, uh, it really did alter the course of my life uh, as... Uh, I immediately wanted to go back. I wanted to bring other people there because of how amazing it is to see with your eyes these places. And I think I I, I tried to pinpoint why I saw this as such a powerful uh, experience. And uh, I I really came down to two two aspects. One is uh, your, your reading of the Bible is never the same. It is never the same. And here's why. Uh, as I had read the Bible for 20 years before I went, I had constructed in my mind how I thought the land looked. When, when it talked about the Sea of Galilee, I had constructed in my mind based on some pictures. Uh, same with Jerusalem, same with the other places in the land. When you go there, you actually see it. And so your mind is, uh, is, 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 is turned to be able to see exactly what was there. So, for instance, when you think of the Sea of Galilee... And you read in the Bible that Jesus got in the boat and crossed from Tiberias to Galilee. You actually know where these places are. You can see in your mind actually where Jesus would have crossed from here to here. And so that was something that, again, your reading of the Bible is never the same. Uh, and the other thing that was just hammered home to me is our God is a God of history. He acts in history. It is what makes our faith uh, the, true, the true faith. Uh, every other uh, religion is conjured up in, in, in man. It's, it's preceptual. God, our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has acted in time and in space. And so when you're able to go and actually see a lot of the places that we see, it's not that we're going to Narnia or... <laughs> it, although it, at times it feels like it. Because this is, uh, we read of these fantastical stories and these amazing things that happen, and then you go and you set your feet on them. 
And so, again, you're not going to Middle Earth or Narnia. You're, you actually go to this place, and it feels like you're going to a different world, so to speak. And uh, the, the common chorus, this will be, after that, I've taken two more trips. I've guided two, two trips. This will be my third. Uh, and uh, so our ministry is really about bringing people over there to experience, but also for those that can't or are unable, uh, to bring that over here to bring that to other people through whatever means we can. There's nothing that compares to actually being there. But uh, that was, again, one of the things that we had uh, in regards to the movie. It's not just seeing the sights. It is knowing the story behind the sights, the, the story behind the land. Not only the story that, that has happened, but that's the amazing thing, what will happen. And we'll talk about that as we look at, 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 at Jerusalem. As we get started, can we uh, give people a little taste of what it was like on the tour in regards to the scale? We had a, a scale on, we'd see different sites, and yeah. we'd go, and, and some of them, you're absolutely certain this is where that happened. Some of them, somebody just pointed and said, I think it was there. Right. <laughs> yeah, we start, it's very early, we start with a, a, really a four-point scale, uh, one through four, and, and as you go and look at certain places, let's give the example of, um, of the Temple Mount. Uh, the Temple Mount is uh, where, where the temple lied. I, I would say that's a one, meaning we know that is where the temple was. The Mount of Olives, that's where Jesus came over. It's, there's no argument about it. There's no question about it. So that's a one, meaning this happened here. And two is like, uh, well, this is uh, likely, highly likely, but we can't prove it. It's not known for sure. Three is uh, doubtful, but we can't prove it's not. And four is no way. Four is there's no way this happened here. I remember being in Joppa. Uh, Joppa is on the coast, and there was a place that some plaque said, this is where Abraham almost sacrificed Isaac. Well, if you know anything about the biblical narrative, it wasn't even close to Joppa, and it's actually very significant where, where Abraham almost did sacrifice Isaac, so that's a four. You might as well <laughs> say it's in Kansas. Yeah, it's a five. It's in Kansas. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's kind of the system. So I think people look at us weird when we're going through Jerusalem, and people ask, well, what's this? Is this a one, two, three, or four? This is a two, and everybody's like, what are they talking about? <laughs> we have our own language. So let's start here. Um, this is the land. We usually fly into uh, Joppa, uh, which is modern-day Tel Aviv. Okay, so that's right here. Uh, modern-day Tel Aviv uh, is, uh, it's, it, there's not much biblical history there other than if you go to the southern part of Tel Aviv, which is where Joppa is. Joppa is actually very significant. Uh, that's where Peter uh, had his, uh, his vision of, uh, of the animals coming down and Rise, kill, and eat, and then he was told to go up to Caesarea, which we're going to be in a, in a, in a second here. But uh, Joppa's there, but that's where everybody flies in from. Uh, uh, Tel Aviv is very much modern Israel. We don't spend barely any time there other than, than flying in because when you're in Israel, you want to make the most of your time. You want to construct things so that you're, you're at the places that are most, uh, most significant, most exciting. So um, this is not the trek that we'll be taking in February. We're actually going to be starting in the Negev. Uh, it's a different trek coming up this February. But we're going to kind of go throughout the, um, the way we, we went this last time just to give you a taste of, of what, what these places look like, what they were, what they are, and uh, just to give you a little bit of uh, the, um, the organization that we have here. Uh, Jerusalem's here. Jerusalem is the center of Israel. If you're in Israel, no matter if you're north, south, east, west, 
If you're going to Jerusalem, anybody know where you're going? Anybody, what they say? You're going up. up. Yep. Yep. You go up to Jerusalem no matter where you're at because it is an ascent. If you ever read in the Bible, in the Psalms, where it says Psalms of Ascent, that is, uh, they would sing these as they would ascend to the mountain of the house of the Lord. So you go up. And so wherever you're at, you go up. So the Galilee, the north, is, is up here. We'll, we'll be looking there. Jerusalem is the heart, and then the Gav is in the south. We go in the spring, uh, which is February and March, and the spring is very much, uh, the, I think, the best time to go because things are in bloom. And you, you, you see, they even say the desert is in bloom. Now, I didn't know the desert can bloom, but apparently in Israel it does. You get all sorts of beautiful flowers uh, sprouting forth out of uh, small oases in the, in the Negev. So we make our way up right past Netanya here, and right in this area is a place called Caesarea. Now, there's two, types, there's two te- uh, Caesareas in Israel. This one is called Caesarea Maritma. This was built by Herod the Great. It was a port city that was really constructed and built up uh, by Herod the Great. And as we read, the Herod was very much a kiss up to Rome, very much so. And so when you read uh, what he named places, I think you can probably see a name here, Caesar. So he named this place after Caesar. Uh, So... Uh, this was actually, um, uh, it's, it's amazing, most of it is underwater still, but they've been able to arise and erect uh, a lot of the, uh, the ancient port of Caesarea. Um, as, as you go on here, this is a little bit of a backdrop here. Um, the, over here is where the, sh- the ships would land. Here, this is a, what's called a hippodrome, and this is where they would have chariot races. So the ch- they would start right here and then loop around here. These here are the, are the prime seats. They actually, humanity hasn't changed much because a lot of people watch NASCAR for what? Crashes? That's what I hear. I'm not a NASCAR watcher, but but, uh, they wanted to watch crashes. These were the prime seats because when the horses turned, that's where the mayhem would be. So uh, these were the prime seats, and they would turn, and and a lot of times the horses would would topple over. This is where dignitaries would sit. So you can go and walk in here. This is called a hippodrome. This is where they would race. Very Ben-Hur-ish. But uh, as far as biblical uh, history here, we have the... um, Over here is a place where uh, they've unearthed where uh, courts and tribunals would have been held. And... Peter came up to Caesarea, and, that's a, uh, and he uh, preached to Cornelius, so this is where the Spirit was poured out uh, to, uh, on the Gentile, on the house, not just any Gentile, on Roman centurion. Uh, the, those dirty Romans are actually getting the Spirit. What's going on here? That happened here in Caesarea. And what's interesting, Caesarea is a port city. This is where every, everybody would sail out from. So this is really a gateway to the nations. So people would, uh, would start here, and it would, it would, uh, the gospel really went forth from this, this realm as far as sailing out. But Paul, this is in the latter chapters of uh, Acts. This is, if you remember, where Paul goes before Agrippa and Festus. We actually, I think it's close to a one. We know about where he would have stood when he was before them. And we, they actually have also uncovered a, uh, a plaque which was a dedicated plaque. There was something here that was dedicated to a man named Pontius Pilate. So uh, 
They have a, a replica here. A lot of times when they find the really good stuff, what they do is they throw it into the Israeli Museum, which is in Jerusalem, and they put repl replicas up so you can kind of look and see. So that's Caesarea. Anything you want to? Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it would have been. Um, I mean, since the since the re, um, the restoration of of, of Israel. Um, yeah, I don't know for sure. Did somebody say the '60s? Yeah, yeah. So that's the other recent. In in you go if you go to Israel, that's recent. Uh, somebody was talking to me yesterday. I can't remember who it was. Um, actually, it was Wayne, Bob's brother. He says, when you, when, you, when you go to Israel, you realize what old really is. Here, you go, I mean, nothing's more than 500 years old here. All of a sudden, you go to Israel, and you're going to see a, a, a gate that's 4,000 years old. And we, we, we see something that's 200 years old, and we think, boy, that's a relic. That must be worth a lot. Not, I mean, here, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's old here. But in Israel, things are ancient. So, yeah, that would have been, um, but they're continuing to find new stuff in, in Israel. That's the one thing is as you walk throughout Israel, who knows what is underneath your feet. We'll talk about that more as we, as we go. Um, so we make our way then from Caesarea, and we cross over here. Now, we're not going to uh, stop here as far as our, our virtual tour goes here, but right here is Mount Carmel, which is where um, Elijah, and, Elijah the and, the, and the prophets of Baal and that was, um, that's a great site. It's an amazing site to, to go. That's where you get your first view of the Valley of Jezreel, which is also known as the Valley of Armageddon. Armageddon, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so as we uh, keep going through here, let's give you a couple pictures of the Valley of Jezreel. Um, this is actually near Nazareth. Nazareth is situated right, situated right in the midst of the Valley of Jezreel. And uh, this is the Mount of Precipice. Again, this is a three, I would, I would say, a two or a three. Somebody, somebody just, it's a very high mountain near Nazareth. So somebody pointed to this and said at some time, well, this is where they wanted to throw Jesus off the cliff, remember, after he made his announcements uh, in, in Nazareth. I would say that's yeah, a three. It seems late. Somebody, it's very, it makes you money to be able to say this is where something happened because then you can take people there and, hey, I know where this happened. So this, this actually here is, uh, is right on the precipice of, of Nazareth. But what you're looking over here is we're looking to the south, looking at the Valley of Jezreel. If we kept going straight south, we'd run into Jerusalem. And then Mount Carmel is off to the right. Yep. Yep, uh, Across the, the valley. Now, if we would, if we would, yes. Even though you say it's like a two or a three, it's even though you can't point to that spot and say this is the spot where they wanted to throw Jesus off the cliff. It's still that general right. area. You're still yeah. in the same. You could say, well, it's certainly within a a, 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 a kilometer radius here where this would have happened. Yeah, and you can always get an, an idea. That's the thing is, is you're like I said, as you read the Bible, I'll you know if I'm reading and I'm reading at that point, I'll probably this will come to mind. When I'm reading, you know, and it, again, you're just, uh, everything is oriented, your mind, as far as being able to picture it. And it, it really, not that we, I mean, we know it's real. We know all the things we read in the scriptures are real, but it, but it, it fortifies your faith. Something that was unseen is now seen in your mind as far as a place. Um, this now is from that same mountain, but this would be looking east. Right here is a mount called Mount Tabor. 
Uh, Mount Tabor is um, probably most well known uh, in the judges. This is where Deborah and Barrick had a lot of uh, their ongoing uh, ministry going on. So this is uh, uh, this isn't Na isn't Nazareth per se, but it's just kind of an outskirt. Uh, Nazareth is big now. It doesn't reflect. Uh, it was a very small city back. We know that. Can anything good come from Nazareth? It was small. It was inconspicuous. And that's something that you get out of the tourist is you go through these sites. We go through Capernaum and uh, a lot of these old cities that are no more, and you see just how small these cities used to be. Yeah. And, and, and we'll today get a, they're they're just massive. Right. So uh, if we were going to go now, Jesus would have traveled to the Sea of Galilee this way and th through uh, what's called the Valley of the Doves. And the Valley of the Doves is right here. So it comes through here. This is actually, I think this is one of Andy's shots. We, um, er pretty much every, every picture here is from our trip except for, I think, two of them. Um, uh, this is uh, at our kibbutz. There's a pier at our kibbutz, and this is Mount Arabel, which uh, we'll look at. But this is where Jesus would have walked through to get to the Sea of Galilee. It's a, um, it's a, it's a quick, easy shot to get through, through there to Galilee. So now we're in the northern part of the land, which is in, in Galilee. Uh, and we're on the north side, northwest kind of corner of, Gal of the Sea of Galilee. Right. Um, we're right here. Now, so the Valley of the Doves would have went right through here and would have ended up right there. Um, and Capernaum, as you'll see, is up here. Uh, Mount Arabel is right here, and I'll show you Arabel. This is probably, of the last trip, this was my highlight that we went on. This is right, we're getting ready to go on the, this is at the foot of Mount Arabel. Uh, this is our guide, and as far as our ministry partners over there, uh, this is probably the person that we're closest with. His name's Aaron. Uh, he's our tour guide. Uh, he is a... And, and Aaron is spelled A H O R. It's it's just Aaron. like you think. A A. -A but there's an H in there. Yeah. A H A R O N. A -A -R -O -N. Uh, he is a Messianic Jew. Um, he is. He's got an interesting story too. He's he comes from New Zealand, and he was born and raised in New Zealand, and he became a believer in New Zealand, and his he was an outcast within his family immediately. His parents took out an obituary in his name. Yeah. yeah, they took out an obituary, and then he made what's called Aliyah to yep. Israel. Aliyah is as a believer, he he moved to Israel. Yeah, he moved to Jerusalem, and he's lived there since the early '90s. So he's been there for 25, well, 25 years. years. Yeah, and uh, so it's uh, English, his English accent is a very is a mixture of New Zealand, of Hebrew, and Popeye. I think. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> And uh, uh, he, everybody loves Aaron. Aaron is, a lot of people say he is one of the highlights of the trip just because he is with us every step of the way. He's an ex-IDF sergeant, so he knows when and where to go places. He's just a, he's a treat. So we, we embarked on this trip. This, this is the actual path that uh, as we're winding up That's Mount That's the Aramo. easy part. <laughs> yeah, and this is, this is the easy part. This is our, right here, this is our um, kibbutz. A kibbutz is, uh, is, is another name for a commune. Uh, back in the early days when Israel first came back into the land, because things weren't developed, they lived in, in communes to feed off the land together, so to speak. And once that need went away, when it became more developed, these uh, kibbutz uh, became... Uh, tourist uh, uh, resorts. Mm -hmm. And so that's, uh, we stay at a kibbutz right here. We, we, we're going to actually spend a good full four days in Galilee this next uh, round. Now, once we get to the top of Arabelle, oops, 
Um, that's the top. This is actually Bob's brother, Wayne. And uh, it's not as dangerous as it looks right there. <laughs> but uh, this, is, this is now looking west. Uh, this was, again, probably my highlight of this last trip, climbing Arabelle, because this is late in the day. It, is, it was so beautiful. You could see Mount Hermon, the snow-capped mountain up in, in Golan. You could see for, as you can see, you could see for miles. And this is, uh, in all likelihood, I would put this at a two, though, this is where Jesus probably gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28. It says that uh, he directed them to go to Galilee, Galilee to a specific mountain, uh, a mountain that he chose, and that's where they met him. And while it doesn't say which mountain, the most, most uh, prominent, the is... most, by far the most prominent and the, and the highest, the one that you just see, for, in, you know, imagine Jesus up here saying, um, go now into all the nations, the light that first shone in Galilee. Remember, that's uh, Isaiah chapter 9. Uh, the light was going to shine in Galilee. I think that's uh, one of the scriptures I, I wrote down on there. It was prophesied that a light would shine in Galilee. Well, that light that first shone here then went out to the whole world. And it was the men from Galilee. Remember, it was the, those from Galilee that he drew to himself and sent out to the world. So that's, that's Arabelle. And I think it might be worth noting, if anybody's interested in Ryan's next trip, that we do some hikes like this, and some of it can be a little bit rigorous. I managed to make it up there, and I was 40 pounds heavier than I am now. And Wayne and his wife made it up. They were. Uh, and if you don't want to do it, you can always. We, uh, there's always. What you don't an easy see trick. is that the bus goes up the backside. There's a road, and I know Jen, who's out with her kids, was pregnant at the time, and she just rode up on the bus, and so she got to see this wonderful view, but didn't have to do the hiking. Yeah, and so that's always we, options like that. We have about five or six really good hikes uh, planned uh, on this next trip. Uh, this is Capernaum now. Uh, the reason why this looks a little odd is because they've built a church over it. And that's the problem. Can prob- we back up just a second and yeah. show where Capernaum is on the map, sure. too? You know, I thought I'd throw these in here. But yeah, right up, Capernaum right up is, in that, that little is, tip is up right there. At the, right at the top. And, uh, oops, I'm going the wrong way. Sorry. If you go back, actually go back. If you go back to the, the picture of the kibbutz from Arabelle. Right there. Capernaum's yeah, over right, about right there. Right So um, this is, uh, Capernaum's a great stop because this, is, this was actually Jesus' hometown during his earthly ministry. If anybody ever asks you what, what, what was Jesus' hometown, you can actually give three different answers. You could say, well, actually, you could maybe give four. You could say Bethlehem <laughs> and be right. You could say Nazareth and be right. And actually, you could say Capernaum and be right. But his real hometown is New Jerusalem, because that's where he's going to dwell forever. Uh, so you have all of these things that, that you, you see. But Jesus dwelled during his ministry in Capernaum. And uh, this, they built a church over this, uh, which uh, at least they left this for us to see. That's one of the problems in Israel is so much stuff gets uh, the yeah. Catholic Church has come in. You kind of see right here. Yeah, they build line. over stuff. This is the structure of the Catholic Church that's over top this Byzantine church. Yeah. So, uh, again, there's a lot of sites that get ruined because of that. And then the, if whatever the Muslims don't ruin, <laughs> you have this uh, stuff happening because uh-huh. the Muslims just want to destroy everything over there. Um, but under this, this is the Byzantine church? This is the Byzantine church, which actually, actually this would even go back farther. Um, mm-hmm. Some have even looked, that, that there's, there's things in here that indicate this was a, a, an early house church. 
Uh, and the, the thinking is, um, is that this may have been um, Peter's, mother's? Peter's mother's house. Uh, there seems to have been some value attached to this. So someone's house of notori- uh, of, uh, that, have, that is of note that is there. Now, there's also a, um, a synagogue here. And this is another great place to, you go and stand in the synagogue. Now, the synagogue of that ruins are there date back to about the 3rd or 4th century. But the foundation that you can still see dates back to Jesus' time. And this would have been the place where Jesus hailed, uh, healed the, the lame one that was, uh, if you remember, I think we all remember the story where he was lowered in. And that's where Jesus also, not, and the more amazing part of that story wasn't that the lame was healed. It was Jesus saying, what? Your, Your sins, sins are, are forgiven. Yep, you, to that you might know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Mm-hmm. Um, this is up on the, uh, in between um, Capernaum and uh, our kibbutz. This is the Mount of the Beatitudes. And uh, we'll just, uh, this is, this where is another they, Catholic site. Yeah, actually, but less, much less intrusive, I think. This was, yeah. it wasn't that bad. No. Uh, this is in Gav, which is on the eastern side. This is where we, uh, we have lunch at a place called St. Peter's Fish. They boil fish for you there, and, uh, and then you it's travel. A, that's an from, interesting fish that yep. they serve. Yeah, you still got the eye still on it and everything. But they have pizza there, if you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> this guy... <laughs> Walked around with Pringles and looking for ice cream. That well, was that's his what diet. Scott, that's what Scott. That was his diet in, in Israel. He went to eat Pringles. <laughs> Scott gave me a can on about the second to the last day while we were in Jerusalem. Scott was yeah. a, a guy from the uh, the village schools that came with. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he he came and gave me a can of Pringles. <laughs> so I had my camera bag with a little slot. I stuck it in there. Yeah. Sad, sad. <laughs> Um, we're going to go up to, just to stop a little bit in the Golan Heights now. We go, um, so you go up here. This is the Golan. Um, this is Syria and Lebanon right here. We, you actually, when, when we were up there, we were just steps away from both Syria and Lebanon. And we were actually, as we know, those aren't, right now, especially Syria, is not a, uh, a calm place right now. We were able to hear gunfire. Uh, yeah, from, and there were stories that the IDF was kind of, semi-covertly they're quietly were flying into syria and getting wounded people out and bringing them back some yeah. of the rebels that were fighting and we saw the helicopters flying over while we were up there but this is a ve- i mean this right here is a very secure border they keep this tight because it, israel uh, again as you know wants to keep things mm-hmm. uh things safe so um in the golan um this is up in tel dan and this is this is that uh uh, that gate that I was uh, talking about. They're still excavating it. That's why it looks that you have this big uh, dome over it. Uh, this is uh, called Abraham's Gate uh, because this dates back 4,000 years. Uh, this would have been uh, Abraham entering into the land from the north. This would have been a, a, a prime city where he would have stopped. Uh, and so in all likelihood, this is a, a place that Abraham would have walked through. Uh, in this same place, this is called Tel Dan, and by the way, that's one of the, when you read in the scriptures, you have the land of Israel and you have, uh, the borders usually given for the ancient land were from Dan to Beersheba. Dan is the northern border and Beersheba is the southern border in Negev. We'll see Beersheba in a, in a couple minutes here. Uh, but um, in Dan, this is one of the more interesting sites. This is where we, and a lot of places what we do when we, when we tour, we, we, we get to the place and then we sit down and we have a, a half hour 
Bible study, where we'll go through uh, why this place is significant in time of, uh, of discussion. And, and this is one where we sit down because this is Jeroboam's altar. Now, the metal here is, is just to give you an idea what it would look like. This is the base of Jeroboam's altar. Now, if you remember Jeroboam, Jeroboam was the one that, uh, that cut off from the southern kingdom. Uh, this all was of the Lord. Uh, but uh, there was Jeroboam to the north and Rehoboam to the south. And this was after the reign of Solomon when the kingdom was split. But Jeroboam went and set altars in Dan and in Bethel, and that became the borders of his kingdom. And so this is, again, the Bible isn't a fairy tale. We go and we see evidence where this took place. So this is uh, this isn't a this is a uh, an arc, this isn't a grand because this was a, an altar to sin is really what it was, and so uh, we, you sit here and, you, and and this is where we would read the story of Jeroboam and and reflect on his his sin which actually the northern kingdom never escaped from everyone in the northern kingdom continued in the sin of Jeroboam until the Lord uh, moved the Assyrians to destroy the northern kingdom in 722. Just to give a picture of how you said at the very beginning how, how this changes your perception as you're reading the Bible. And uh, I, can re- I will always remember, having been at this site, that the, the park signs will have the Bible verses that you can find the passage where this happened. So I'll always remember 1 Kings 17 because that's mm. where this took place. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. there's no better place to have a Bible study. <laughs> there really isn't. If you can get to the place to look and have it at the backdrop, there's nothing like it. Uh, this is a place called Banyas, which is, has been developed from the term Panyas. Uh, it was a grotto dedicated to the Greek god Pan. And we talk about Pan more than we think because a lot of times, uh, like, have you ever heard of the Pan flute? No? Okay. <laughs> Some people have. Well, it's a, actually, a, it's a modern instrument, but it's, uh, it's, I mean, they used to play flutes to the god of, of, of Pan. And I think even if people saying it'll all pan out is actually okay. a reference back to, to Pan. Well, Pan was a false god. He's god of nature. And uh, this, is, this is a grotto, which what they would do is they would sacrifice goats, and there's water in this grotto. There's a stream that comes out from behind here, and they would throw their sacrifices in there. And if the sacrifice was accepted, they would not see blood from the goat come out. And if, it, if they saw what blood come down into the... Into the, into the water, they would see that the, the sacrifice wasn't accepted. Again, this is false idolatry. This is false worship. But the interesting thing about this, this is rooted in, this is the center of Caesarea Philippi. And Caesarea Philippi was where uh, Peter confessed Jesus as the Christ for the first time. So it's very interesting against this backdrop. Um, remember, Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. This was a place where all of the dead idols were worshipped. And here Peter confessed Jesus as the son of the living God. Um, so, uh, again, there's so much more in Galilee. You're gonna that get site one. we just saw is way up on yeah. the top. I mean, way up here. Now we're Aaron gonna... pointed out a, a city over there on the, like, the second hill that was actually in Lebanon. Yeah, over here. So we, uh, th- that's a, a pretty much a full day we spend up here. Then we start heading down south, and this is the Jordan Valley right here. The Jordan actually starts up here, empties into the, uh, into the Sea of Galilee, comes out here, and then makes its way down here until it about evaporates uh, down in this area. stop on the south side of Galilee usually and 
Yeah, this is, well, if, if anybody wants to be baptized, there's a place where we can baptize people here. Um, but right here is a place called, oh, okay. Yeah, this is about, believe it or not, this is about 45 miles to go from the Jordan to the, uh, to the coast here. Um, it's amazing how fast you get places. You look at a map and you think, okay, we're going all around the country. And a lot of times you're, you know, you go from uh, Megiddo to Nazareth and you think this is going to take a while and you're there in 15 minutes. You know, so you, you pack so much in. So this is, it's, it's very quick. Vertically, uh, again, so this would be about 45 miles. I would say this is probably from, from here to here is probably close to um, 60 miles or so. When we went from southern Galilee where we did the baptisms, we headed down to Bet-Shan? Bet-Shan, Bet-Shan yeah. Which and is, that's, that's our next slide, which is right here. And then from there to Qumran, which is down on the Dead Sea. And that drive to Qumran was an hour and a half, two hours? Yeah, and, and it's, not it was, six, it's not 60 miles an hour either because you're winding, right. you're going up and down in a bus. And it's so stark, too. You start off up in Galilee, Galley, it's lush and green, it's... It's, uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful up there. And then you go down to the Dead Sea, and it's just barren desert. And yeah. it's amazing to watch how quickly In an hour, you, you, go from, you go from lush, beautiful, you know, the Galilee is just gorgeous at this time of year. You go down there, it is, it's just desolate. And you can kind of see that here. We're going to quick go through a couple slides here. This is Beit Shan, one of the uh, marvels of the land. This is an aerial view. You just see, I mean, it is amazing. This was destroyed by an earthquake in 700 uh, AD, and you can still see the the um, uh, the destruction from that as they've excavated this. Um, and as we keep moving down, this is Qumran, and you can see a ritual bath. This is the Dead Sea right here, but this is that start. Now we're in the desert. This is an hour south. Now, this is what that looks like. It's just um, barren. Uh, this here is En Gedi. As you keep going down, En Gedi is an oasis. This is where David hid from, from Saul in the wilderness of En Gedi. En Gedi means the fountain of the young goat. There are still young uh, ibex that come here to get their feet, uh, to stay away from the predators in the wilderness. So this is, uh, and as you keep going south, this is Masada. Um, uh, we, you can hike this, and we have, I have once, <laughs> uh, I take the cable car that the other two times. But you see the uh, you see this the path here. This is the path that you'd climb. And over here, there's a a, um, a mount, uh, or excuse me, a ramp. A rampart. A ramp that the Romans built to. This is where the final. This is kind of the final blow in regards to the rebellion in in eighty sixty six to seventy. After Jerusalem was destroyed, the rem the, the remnant that still survived went here and regrouped, and then the Romans ha had had it. No, we're not going to just let them there. They surrounded it, and it took about seven months for them to be able to get to the top after they built that ramp, and then um, I'll save. Ask me what happens after if you want to find out or come on the trip. It's a very interesting story. Uh, uh, this is looking down. If you look at Masada here, there's uh, uh, Herod's palaces. This is built by Herod the Great as well. You can kind of look down here. They're actually filming a movie down here. I don't know what for. This is the Dead Sea. Uh, this here is salt. Uh, it is uh, unlike anything in the world. Uh, this is a place where many people go for skin diseases to be get treatment and healed. This is this is all salt. And actually, you start walking in there. There's no sand. 
It is all salt and minerals. Uh, you can go and, and I was told guys don't say exfoliate, so I won't say that, but you rub, <laughs> you rub the stuff on your arms, and it, it, it really is amazing. Um, I, I had a bunch of eczema. I get it in the winters here, and I went and used the Dead Sea stuff just from the bottom, scrubbed it on there. By the time we got to Jerusalem, it was all gone. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So uh, that, that, your, your results may, may vary. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No promises there. Uh, this is our, our hotel from the Dead Sea. A very, just a beautiful place. Um, so we get down to the Southern District. And um, I'm going to go quickly because we can't not talk about Jerusalem here. Um, uh, southern District, uh, this is Beersheba. So this is the southern tip. Now, this isn't the southern tip of modern Israel. Uh, you, you still go farther south. Here's the modern city of Beersheba. But this is the ancient city of Beersheba, which the town dates back to Abraham's time. However, it wasn't, um, the ruins here are, are more from uh, the time of Solomon and forward. Um, this is the Valley of Zin. This is one of our hikes that we go through. And to get an idea of how interesting these hikes are, this is, this is one of the paths you need to take. You actually do climb to the top of the, this, these walls here, but they've made it a little easier for us. With, with steps here. It's, this isn't as hard as it looks. This wasn't no, that bad. No, Arabelle, I think, was a little tougher. Yeah. But it's, again, the bus is up on the top, so yep. if you're going to go and you don't want to hike it, you can see the top from, from where the bus pulls up. So here is, uh, we're in, we're, we now, let me go back here, or here, let me just quick go forward here. So we've been down here, Dead Sea, our hotels are right here, Beersheba's down here, um, all of those sites, Qumran, and Gedi, uh, Masada are all lined here. Now, we're going to ascend, or we uh, actually, we ascended uh, up near Jericho, Jericho up to Jerusalem. Now, this is the lowest place on the face of the earth right here. Uh, Dead Sea is the lowest place on the face of the earth. You can't get sunburn here. Ask Andy about oh, that. Oh, yeah, I spent two <laughs> weeks there in 2002 with Randall Price doing a dig at Qumran. I showed up with a big thing of sunscreen, knowing I was going to be out in the sun for two weeks. I got there the first day, and they said, put that away. You won't need it. I was there for two weeks in the sun, and I came home whiter than I was when I left. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the sun can't get through the, the, uh, the atmosphere that, that, that you're, deep. You're 1,300 feet below sea level. Yeah, but, so, but you're 1,300 feet below sea level. You're making your way to Jerusalem, which is about uh, 2,000 feet above sea level. So this is 15 miles, and you ascend. I mean, again, you really get the sense of ascent. And so this, whoops, this was about halfway there. We stopped at a, 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 a little place called the Genesis. The Jerus Genesis. Experience. The Genesis experience, yeah. And this is Andy on his steed getting ready to march into the city. <laughs> uh, but we took, actually, that's not a steed, that's a camel, <laughs> believe it or not. So we went on camel rides. But this is kind of what it looks like. You can kind of see it's not, there's a little bit of green now because you're getting higher. Yeah. Uh, and then we get into Jerusalem. You, you come into Jerusalem. We go over the Mount of Olives, which is this. And I remember Bob telling me um, when, when he went to Jerusalem back in the 80s that there, you, you, there's nothing like seeing Jerusalem for the first time. Uh, I, I remember I, there are two things that I'm always prepared, that I know are coming, but I always get choked up. One is uh, there's this, when you see the Valley of Armageddon for the first time, you walk over this, the, the precipice of this monastery and you look over and... Every single time it gets me, it, 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 my, it, it takes away your breath, the expanse of this valley. The other one is... It's kind of like if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon and you step out and you know that it's big, 
seeing the Valley of Armageddon is like that. You just look out, and it's just, yeah. it's just amazing. You can't picture it until you actually see then it. Then you couple that with what you know is going to happen there. Mm-hmm. And it's not hard to imagine all of the nations maneuvering in this, in this valley. But the other one is when you see Jerusalem. You're getting that first view of the city is, uh, is every single time it, it gets you. you come, usually the way we do it, we come out of this tunnel and we look and we're playing a song about, uh, they play a song on the, on the bus, Song of Ascent, and you see Jerusalem and it takes your breath away. Now this is, uh, we're looking in the Jewish quarter, the Temple Mount's over here, this is the Mount of Olives, and actually this was last time there was a real, uh, it had just gotten a little bit of rain, and you see a, a, it was pretty neat, we had a, a rainbow uh, there. And there's the Temple Mount. And so this is the western wall here. Uh, This is how you would get up to the Temple Mount. Temple Mount is not a, it's probably the most volatile place that you go. Just because it's it's the, well, it's the most contested piece of land on the face of the earth. It it really, in the whole cosmos. This little stretch of land is the most fought about, contested piece of land. Most important piece of land. Because it's, as the Lord says, I've, um, I've chosen uh, I, I actually, did I put 130, Psalm 132 on there? Somebody want to read that? Okay. Psalm 132, 13 through 18. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Her priest I will clothe with salvation, and her saints will shout for joy. There I will make a horn to sprout for David. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but on him his crown will shine. Okay, so first off we have that city. This is the city he's chosen. This hasn't changed. We're under the new covenant. It's not that, okay, remember heaven's not up there. The lo- heaven is going to be in the new Jerusalem, and our eternal dwelling is in, in the new Jerusalem with the king. That's the book of Revelation states this. And notice the city is coupled with the Davidic king. Is I will raise up a horn for David, a ruler for David. Now, right now, the city's desolate. Remember, Jesus came and he said, I leave your house desolate. You won't see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So right now, the city's desolate. This is the famous Western Wall um, where... Where many of the, the only men can be here, there's some other places, but there's a place underneath the Western Wall, which, is, which again dates back to the time of Christ. And uh, that's where the women gather and, and, and cry out for the Messiah to come. And again, you, there's just a, the, the emotions are, you know, they're blinded. They want the Messiah to come, they don't realize he already has come. And the only way for Jerusalem to be restored is is for the hearts of the children to be turned to their king. And thankfully, one day the Lord is going to do that. He, he himself is going to turn their hearts to them. Uh, Ryan and Andy, just for a complimentary position, and I know we have a little bit of time, but what's the Muslim position on the Temple Mount? The, uh, well, it's very interesting. Uh, first off, what we can look at here is this is, this is actually the, not the most holy place for the Muslims on the Temple Mount. Uh, this right here is the most holy place for them, which is called the Al-Ask Mosque. 
So the Al-Ask Mosque is, um, that's just, I think, the third most holy site in, in, in Islam. So the Dome of the Rock isn't the most holy site. But here's the interesting thing is, is within, I think this is, I'm not a Quran expert, uh, but um, the, uh, the Quran uh, changes the story of Abraham, and, uh, and it's not Isaac, but it's Ishmael. That, uh, and um, the interesting thing about this here is this is built on what's called the foundation stone. And if you remember, uh, sometime before the fall of the, or, or during the fall of Jerusalem in 586, the, um, the Ark of the Covenant went bye-bye. We really don't know what happened to it, but it's gone. Uh, interesting thing to talk about, but we certainly don't have time for that right now. But as you look at uh, what happened afterwards, remember, as far as what the Jews did, as they, I mean, the Ark of the Covenant was kind of a big part of, you know, like the Day of Atonement. You would go in and sprinkle the blood. But so they come back from exile, and the Ark's gone, and they rebuild the temple, and they're like, well, what now? What do we do? Well, we do the closest thing. So instead of sprinkling the, the blood on the Ark of the Covenant, they would sprinkle the blood on the foundation stone. That's what they did until the fall of Jerusalem, uh, the, uh, the next fall of Jerusalem in AD 70. So, uh, and you can see the foundation stone underneath. Um, there is a hard push going on right now to get a temple up on the, uh, in fact, if you've been watching the news this summer, there's been actually two big developments. One is uh, the Temple Institute, um, which we had some very interesting dealings with them last time we were there. Uh, they have um, uh, said we're, uh, we're, we're raising a red heifer. And for those of you who know, red heifer is, is essential for temple worship. So that's one thing. They're, 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 they're actually doing that right now. The second thing is, is just last Sunday, a week ago, was the 9th of Av. Anybody know what the significance of the 9th of Av is? Yeah. A number of uh, terrible things happened to the Jewish people on that day. That was the day that the temple was destroyed by the Babylonians back in 586 B.C. And mm -hmm. the, on that very same day, that was destroyed by the Romans in 70 A.D. Yep. Uh, and there's even a, a Jewish tradition that that was the day when the spy, when they were in the wilderness, when the spies returned with the bad report. That yep. was on the, yeah. Uh, so there's all sorts. Of, and, it's a, and, and now it's a Jewish day of mourning, as they mourn these things. The, they, they, they fast on that day. They fa yes, they fast, uh, which is coupled with, with the, the wailing and mourning of that. And so they end it up... It was just recently. It's in, it's in the summer, the ninth. Yes, it was, yeah. it was a week ago, yeah. actually. And they released the blueprints for the third... At least their blueprints for the third temple last week. So it's gotten to that, that point. Whether they're going to actually do it, whether they're actually going to succeed, who knows? We don't know. Uh, there have been other groups that have tried to do it throughout throughout the last 2,000 years in a fail. That was an interesting part of our trip in last year was that Ryan does tours. He does small groups. And one of the huge benefits of a small group is it makes us flexible. And we squeezed in a trip to the Temple Institute just kind of on a last-minute notice. And you go in and you can see they've got the implements put together. I mean, if they put up a temple tomorrow, they've got everything else they need to start the sacrifice. They've got an altar there. It's basically a pile of bricks that they can take down and they can carry over about, what, three, 400 feet yeah. and put back up right there. And, and within three hours, they can be doing sacrifices. And to hear this guy talk about what he sees happening 
to get a temple is just jaw-dropping, literally jaw-dropping. They're looking for a man who will bring peace and will give him their <laughs> temple, and he will be their Messiah. And we're going to make this a, a, a place for all the nations to be united. They're going to have a place for each of the 70 nations in the table of nations in Genesis is going to have a little spot on that Temple Mount, according to him, where they'll be able to come up and worship God. Now, here's a, as far as, let's say this, let's say, hypothetically say this happens. Let's say within the next 10 years this happens. We want to be very clear, and this is going to elevate some of the theological demands of us, is we don't go up there and partake of any of this. That is, a, I mean, this is why Hebrews is so important. This, the, the, the perfect sacrifice has been made. This, th- this is not pleasing to God. Uh, th- uh, this is, uh, again, a turning the back on the new covenant. The new covenant has been made. The king has come. And I, I, I tell you, even with the news this summer, I've heard and seen people that claim to be Christians that say, oh, we can't wait to go and partake of this. Or even with the, ra- the ra- they want people to donate for the raising of this red heifer. No. You don't, you know, and that's the thing is, is, you know, after the tour of the Temple Institute, I said, nobody don't donate to them. We're not, this is not something we're advancing. We advance the gospel. We advance the new covenant. This is going back to the old covenant. And I, I know that you've, you've heard that probably many times <laughs> through the preaching of Bob and, uh, and Eric. But uh, the new covenant is where we stand. We stand in the new covenant. And, yeah, they try, uh, there's been elements of, of, trying to draw Christians back to the Old Covenant, whether it be Sabbath uh, or uh, food laws, um, which we know those things um, are no longer binding. But, you, again, you get a temple back up and, 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 and running. Now you have another thing. you got sacrifices, you know. So um, we live in interesting times. That's what I keep telling people. So, um, oops, wrong way. Uh, this is the Damascus Gate to the north. Uh, just a little glimpse of, this is the old city of Jerusalem. This is where we spend most of our time when in Jerusalem. really does feel old. They, they keep it old. They don't let new buildings be built, built here. Divided into four quarters, you have the Jewish quarter, the Armenian quarter. Not Arminian. This isn't for non-Calvinists here. <laughs> Armenian quarter. They've just had a, the, um, the country, uh, the people. have a, The Christian quarter, which is mostly Arab. Uh, the Muslim quarter, which is all Arab, um, and then the Jewish quarter, which is the cleanest, believe it or not, uh, <laughs> over here. Um, but it's, it's great to, to go through here, and uh, there's still all sorts of archaeological things, tons of stores, probably a thousand shops throughout this area. And then this is the general area where you, uh, you go into the Temple Mount. Now to the south here, we have what's called, okay, there's a picture of Jerusalem, Temple Mount, um, but Peter, you'd asked about the Temple Mount and the Muslims. We went up there. Uh, Non-Muslims get to go up there for about an hour, an hour and a half a day. And uh, so we went up there for a little bit. You can cut the tension with a knife. It is very, very tense up there. You walk up there. Um, the IDF does protect it as far as if there's violence up there. And they're up there ready with riot gear on a moment's notice. Yeah. And uh, and you can't bring anything. I mean, you go through metal detectors to get to get up there to get into this yeah. whole realm. And certainly uh, don't bring a pocket knife. Wayne brought a pocket knife. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now I, I'm like, I thought I would. I, you know, I try to prepare everybody as we go up. I never thought that I had to tell somebody don't bring a knife to the Temple Mount. And 
And Wayne, Wayne's excuse was, I'm a stupid American. That's what he's telling the IDF. I'm just a stupid American. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> yeah. Here's a... And, and I want to also mention, they don't particularly respect that, that plot of land. They just don't want the Jews to have it. I mean, they're up there. Their kids are playing no. soccer up there, kicking yeah, balls around. They were having rock fights with each other up there. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's sad. Every, I've been up to the Temple Mount three times. Every single time... Nothing really scary has happened, but there's been a couple things. Just tense. Just a little tense. Here's some of the stones from the uh, time of the Second Temple that were cast down. Um, That's the Mount of Olives. uh, These are all graves, all tombs, Jewish tombs. Thank you. uh, Because uh, Zechariah talks about Messiah coming over the Mount of Olives, they think, well, I want a front row seat, as if that's going <laughs> to... Being there is going to... And this was, remind me, who's... These two things are a little late. Uh, one is, uh, this is a, stat- a Jeroboam, but it was built later, a statue dedicated to Jeroboam, and then Hezekiah's, no, yeah, Hezekiah's tomb, or Jehoshaphat's tomb, one of the, one of the kings. But uh, neither are, they're late additions, they're not original. Uh, this is the uh, garden tomb. Probably Jesus probably wasn't buried here. I think he may have been crucified right near here. I think Skull Hill might be near here, but I'm not convinced this was the tomb. But nevertheless, it gives you a great visual. It, it is an ancient tomb that goes back. Actually, it dates 600 years before Christ, which is probably why, unless the dating's wrong, which it could be. But the chances that this in particular is. But nevertheless, there is some circumstantial evidence that may point to it. I'd, I'd say this is a, a three. It might be. I don't know for sure. Oh, I left there thinking that was more of a two. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know what? You want it to be. Yeah. You want it to be because going to the other one. But they'll tell you here. Like, I mean, you go, the people that control this and take your money to come in, they're not pitching this as this is where it happened. They no, just, they, they it's, it's, actually just give the, they give the gospel account. And we actually came here basically almost right after the uh, Temple Institute. And I said, you know, they want a donation. I said, here, you give donations. They're proclaiming the gospel in the city of the great king, you know. But uh, we're not to advance things that are sending people back into bondage. This is a good organization. It's, it's yeah. uh, Christian, believers, non-Catholic. This is a picture. Uh, we'll just end with this. Uh, and then I, I, I'm going to be around for the rest of the service. And afterwards, if anybody wants to talk more about it, I'll be out at that table, uh, too, if anybody wants to come on our next trip. Um, just I'll, I'll, I'll be here for, for a while. So this is the picture I took, which I just thought was very... I don't know, poignant. This is during the last time here. Just three young Jewish boys uh, playing near the walls of the city. I don't know why. It's just there's, there's scriptures in the Old Testament that talk about the days that are coming where children are going to be playing in the street without fear. And this isn't a fulfillment of that. The thing is, is uh, these Jewish children, regardless of... of our, there, there's hardship. We know the, the Jewish people, the city of Jerusalem, still... Uh, have desolations to encounter, uh, and uh, it's sobering. Um, I, some of the Holocaust Museum, there's some ironic things that go on there that um, we don't have time for, but um, the city is going to be restored. This mountain is going to be lifted up, and the city's going to come down and rest upon it, and there is a day coming where Jerusalem's children will dwell securely um, because God himself is going to turn their hearts to their Messiah, and so... Um, but even now, there's a remnant. Even now, there's a remnant chosen by grace. And right now, um, 
uh, again, there's a messianic, a, a, again, a true believing community in Jerusalem that are Jews, but they are, just like in the first century, uh, they are marginalized. They are outcasts. They are not part of the synagogue, so to speak, the gathering of Israel. So, um, you know what? I'm, I, if we can dismiss, and I can stay here and talk for as long as you, you need. Do you have me a to question? Do. A couple. Actually. <laughs> All right. Um, Andy, can you tell us who Ann, uh, Randall Price is, and then also? Being the fact that you're an architect, did that give you any perspective on how they built? Uh, were you amazed or to that effect? Maybe? Randall Price is, uh, I just saw you brought his book. He's a, uh, oh, it's Peter's, okay. Yeah, he's a archaeologist. Um, when I went with him, he was out of Texas. I think he moved to Virginia. He's with Liberty University, last I heard. But, uh, he uh, does a lot of Old Testament work, and he was digging in Qumran. I caught him at a Jan Markel conference, like one of his first, one of her first conferences. He came and spoke and said, "Hey, I'm going to, to Israel to do some digging and looking for volunteers." And I thought, you know, I was young and single at the time. I thought that sounds like fun, so I went. Uh, as far as the architecture, it was a lot of fun to see that. You know, I uh, I went. I went to school. They took European trips to go see the European architecture and stuff. And I did not go on that tour. But it was a lot of fun to see the Roman influence in the architecture, some Egyptian influence in the really old stuff, uh, to see stuff made out of actual stone, not this man-made stuff around us. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Did you, did you guys go to the uh, Davidson uh, Archaeological Park on the south side of the Temple Mount there? Yeah, is that place where the Orphel Gardens are? To, oh, is that the, Orpel? The steps they've uncovered? Yes. That go up to the Holda Gates? Or I, yep. I went there last summer when I was there, but I know Neil Armstrong had a chance to see him. He said that was greater than walking on the surface of the moon. Yeah, yeah and, and actually those steps, too, are, are um, on the southern part is, is a good possibility. That's where Peter maybe gave his Pentecost address in that general area, So, uh, um, which, again, recreates that whole, you know, he says, you have David's tomb, which would have been south in Zion. He probably gestured. You have David's tomb to this day. But there's a tomb to the north of the city that's empty right now. And now I declare to you that this Jesus is, is raised, raised forevermore. Thank you for being here. Blessings.